to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We are glad you joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. Sarah Missoni is out for the month on her epic road trip. She just sent me photos from Wyoming. She's having a great time and she'll be back in a few weeks. I will be joined by a co-host in a couple of weeks. So you'll get to hear that. But for now, it's um, flying solo. So I hope everybody's cool with that. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, Market of Choice. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers as well as farmers, fisher folk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. We are going to check in with past guests over the next two months. Uh, a lot of things have changed since we originally started the show, so we wanted to really check out um all of our beginning guests. So today, that is no exception. I would like to introduce you to our guest, Lori Hunter of New Seasons. Lori is the Local Finds and Culinary Events Program Manager. Lori was a guest on episode 30 back in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And I'm sure she has lots to tell us about what's happened <laughs> since then, <laughs> because it's been a lot. <laughs> Well, welcome, Lori. I'm so glad you decided to come back and talk with us today. Thank you. It definitely feels like a very different world <laughs> now than it did in 2020, especially in the grocery space. It's uh, so true. Yeah, yeah, that's why we were so excited that you wanted to come on. So when we when we had you on before, just to kind of set the scene for people, we had just seen Lori at the Fancy Food Show. We were all there tasting products. Everybody was happy and bright. And Lori came in and we talked about new food trends and all this stuff, having no idea that we were literally a few weeks away from, from the pandemic hitting. So, Lori, let's talk about grocery, shall we? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we like our listeners to be able to follow along. So can you tell um, them what the New Seasons Instagram and online um, presence is? Yes, it's uh, newseasonsmarket.com um, for the website. And then there's links there to Instagram and Facebook. But it's New Seasons Market. If you just search that in Instagram, that'll pop up. Um and I don't even know if we have threads yet. I personally just joined threads. I'm not really sure what that is, but I'm. <laughs> it's all the it. talk amongst food people for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, um, I think that let's just start with online a little bit, because I think to me, it seems like that's probably changed um, since last time we talked to you, because I think online presence for everybody has become more important. But I wanted to talk about that from the grocery perspective, because um, maybe before all of this, all of these changes that have happened, maybe having an online presence or an Instagram or things like that weren't so important for grocery, or maybe they were. So can we just start there? Yeah, the, um, you know, luckily we were positioned with Instacart prior to the pandemic. And then that business shifted favorably for us with more people wanting to shop online or just do grocery pickup. So um, that did very well for us. Um, and in the beginning, we were limiting customers in the store. If you remember, there was mm -hmm. only a certain amount of people in 
the social distancing dots on the floor to stay six feet away, washing hands, hand sanitizer, masks required. You know, we were an early adopter of, you know, keeping our customers and staff super safe in that space where we didn't really know it was happening. So, um, oh my gosh, it just... It's making me emotional. I know. <laughs> Even while I was writing the questions, I was getting emotional because, yeah. we, you know, we have like our, our other guests that have been on are usually, um, you know, other businesses. But when when I was writing the things that we've kind of experienced together, because I went through your and my like email thread chains and I was just like, ah! <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's such a wild ride. And, and I wanted to bring up the online thing and the Instacart thing, because that was one of the things. Um, Early on as a vendor, you know, as our show develops, more and more of our listeners are are new vendors and and new makers. And so we like to um, give them advice if possible. But one of the things that happened for me as a business during that time was that because I did sell through New Seasons and through you... Um, Right away, we had uh, I had sent you a message about like how do I get on Instacart because I'm driving around the city delivering hot sauce to people and that seems like I can't do this forever. You know, I was like dropping it to people's doors, and so um, we got you photos so that we could be um, you know in the new seasons Instacart and be up as something that that came up. And was that something that you guys worked with vendors to do during that time to get their their products onto your Instacart? Yes, we have an e-commerce team that's really dedicated to that. However, if you have a um, barcode on your product, it automatically loads into the Instacart sphere, you know, the world of Instacart. Um, Sometimes people use um, barcodes that are not GIS friendly. They use the recycled ones. And Mm -hmm. so the Instacart doesn't recognize those so um yeah but sometimes there needs to be updated photos but we have a team that looks through that and make sure that we have the updated branding i know we changed your bottle size for example i think yeah. right before right before yeah and that that i think that yeah. was why it wasn't like everything wasn't updated so we just needed to fix all of those kinks but but you and your team helped me to figure that out and it did make things so much easier and helped us to upload that so i just wanted to like you know suggest to to you know makers and people to make sure that if you are working with a grocery store like new seasons to ask about that feature and make sure you have everything set up right because i think i think we did have maybe the wrong bottles and didn't have the right photos so we all worked it out together and then it really did help and i think we saw an increase in sales and it made it so that I could refer people if they wanted sauce and they wanted it dropped to their door, I could refer them to the new season's Instacart. So it was really, in, um, became a flawless system. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I just wanted to say too, you know, I really wanted to like personally thank you because I think that you and the new season's team really helped all of us vendors during that time. You really focused on local vendors. I mean, you put us all on, end caps and you know you did recipe development with me and you know let me develop recipes for you guys and and promoted us and promoted our brand and I know you did that for so many other makers in town so I know I thanked you over email but I wanted to just do it while we're looking at each other face to face and just you. yeah just let you know that like each time that I would get orders from new seasons like it just sent me like hope that I was going to make it through things you know because all of my events were canceled and a lot of the stores I was in shut down because I was really focused those two years prior in being in gift shops because right. that's where my my gift boxes sold really well, you know? So I had like hit it hard being in all these gift stores and didn't focus so much on grocery. And then all of those stores closed. They were not open. They were not open to the public. They were trying to figure out how to be online. You know, like we were in places like malls and like tourist towns and places like that. And those were all gone. So, um, you know, New Seasons and the and our local grocery stores were really my only accounts. And so you kept the lights on and you gave me <laughs> hope to get through it. So I just wanted to thank you and the team for sure. You know, it's interesting when we were struggling with supply chains, mostly because of the toilet paper shortages, Mm -hmm. right? The favorite grocery in town was the one who had the toilet paper. Yes. And um, I was going through my photos and I was taking pictures at Target with just empty shelves. It was just haunting in a way. But 
Then what happened was when the toilet paper became available again, it was taking up all the space on the truck. So even though um, the trucks were coming into the stores, it was filled with toilet paper because it's such a big box, right? So, but I remember looking around at new seasons and thinking, even if we can't get products, look at all these local makers that we have here. We have farmers, we have fisher people, we have, you know, Carmen Ranch and Umqua Lamb, we have winemakers, we have cheesemakers, we have coffee roasters, you know, it's like, we're pretty set, you know, <laughs> like, we can stay open without, you know, the trucks coming to us because they're all filled with toilet paper. I mean, we will still have food based on our regional food economy here. Yeah. Well, and you did and you did it. Yeah. So even though everybody thought that they only needed toilet paper, they actually really needed food as well. Yes. <laughs> and so you were able to stock the shelves with local products. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to talk about... Um, you know, vendors in general. So I know that things have changed as far as um, things like sampling, I really wanted to talk about. Um, because New Seasons, you know, has always had this great solutions counter that is right when you walk into all the stores and people are usually there standing there doing sampling and handing out food directly to the customers. And as um, vendors, you know, we've all done it, we've all been familiar with it. But of course, that has changed. And so I just wanted to update any of our current vendors about what that process looks like now and how it's going with sampling in stores. So before the pandemic, we had a team, a promotions team of, you know, a manager and assistant manager and some clerks. Um, of course, sampling shut down and that gave us a chance to revisit that program and see what would really work in terms of staffing and labor and the new program is called the culinary event specialist. So it's just one person now who's running the, the counter and we are aligning with any of our, um, what we call our go big event. So if it's a sockeye event, which we just had this last weekend, then we'll be sampling sockeye. We wanted to really create this synergistic experience for our customers. So what you're seeing on our social media, what you're reading in our digital ad or print ad that experience comes to life in the store at the solutions counter. Previously, it was all kind of like people could just do what they want and create recipes. And it was very heavy recipe um, activity, which didn't necessarily translate into sales. It was more just about creating this really great customer experience, highlighting seasonality. But now we really want to, um, you know, sell stuff, you know, by sampling, you know. And I'm not saying we didn't sell things before, but this is a more um, targeted approach mm -hmm. to the work. So, and so we did the sockeye this weekend and we did our partner brand mustard, lemon, dill dressing, which is co-packed to community co-packers. So we still bring in, you know, our local products like Marshall's hot sauce. And when the um, halibut arrived, you know, we have this like go-to recipe now that we're actually going to load up onto our new website because it's so um, clicked on already. And we want to make sure that it's the, the same recipe and our staff love it. Our customers love it. You love it. We sell lots of um, your Serrano lemongrass chili hot sauce Yeah, with uh, halibut. It's just this great recipe one of our former promotions managers created. And it's the only way I cook halibut now. I know it's so if people are interested in that, I um, we've done this partnership and I just I really want to recommend this to other makers to be able to do this thing, because now it has become a yearly thing that we do whenever the halibut is coming in to be sold on special at New Seasons. I go on my Instagram and I cook this recipe. I promote it on our website I now go on my kitsch channel and do it there um, so that people can recreate it and make it. I mean, previously, I came to the solutions counter and would sample out the sauce and have have the recipe. You guys um, sell it out of or um, sample it out of the um, counters there. But it it really translates into, I think, sales and views for both of us, um, mm -hmm. because you guys sell a ton of, the, of that sauce at all the different stores there. And people come to me at the farmer's market all the time. I mean... Almost every single market that I'm at, people say, I was at New Seasons and I bought the halibut <laughs> and there was this recipe and it's so good and it's the only way I make halibut. And I mean, every week, at least one person says that to me and I'm like, yes, yes, it's so good. And have you seen where I like, I actually demonstrate it and like, it's, have you seen the video? And then it like, it just creates good conversation. 
And I would definitely recommend for vendors to create this kind of thing. And then now it happens every year. I can't remember how many years we've been yeah. doing it for, but it always is fun and I always get excited. And I think that the customers love it. I mean, they're so happy to have such an easy, simple recipe. And I think if people are looking to really teach people how to use their product and how to do a collaboration with a store, I mean, really just look at having like under five ingredients, like super simple, so easy, yeah. because then anybody can make it and feel really successful within that cooking experience. And I think what we created is this velocity for your brand. So now, yeah. because what you want, if you're selling in the grocery space, is to have the return customer, to have mm -hmm. someone coming in that it's part of their shopping list now, like, oh, we're out of X, we need to pick this up this week. You know, you just don't want it to be this one time novelty try, you know, or sometimes we have things we call celebration items, which people just buy if it's for their birthday, or if they're going to a party or something, mm -hmm. right? You want to get on people's shopping list. So it's getting in their basket week over week. And I think through that collaboration um, with you and me and the, the samples, like we created that customer. So that's really, yeah, I think so too. And I think that, um, you know, it makes it so that the com the customer feels confident in their own ability to create something great because I can sell people sauce all day, but if they can't do anything with it, then it's just going to sit there, you know, and they right. really have to, no matter what, they have to go to you to a grocery store and get the other ingredients to make something or, you know, the stands at the farmer's market, just people that sell other things. They can't just have my sauce. They need other stuff. So find those people that have the other things and create some, some recipes so that customers can really, um, you know, interact successfully with your products. Yes. <laughs> um, we have lots of new vendors that listen to the show that maybe they aren't in stores yet or they want to be in stores. And um, I know we talked about this a little bit the last time you were on the show, but that was a long time ago. So can we give people advice for if they want to talk to a buyer or get into a store like New Seasons, what kinds of things do you love and what kinds of things do you not love so much? <laughs> I have to say in this time, what I've learned in my role is that in order to be successful in the retail environment of a grocery store, it is important that you have a marketing plan in place, kind of what we were just talking about. Yours is a unique, unique product because we created a recipe, people responded positively to it, but the goal is not to just get on the shelf, it's to get into the customer's basket. And a lot of times in the startup space, um, it's overwhelming, it's expensive it's exciting. It's all these feelings that are happening. And then when you get on the shelf, you feel like your job is done, but it's not like that's really where the work starts. So being able to understand the power of opting into promotional pricing, putting your product on sale, understanding how that works, you know, either two times a year or three times a year to just pulse the, the sales throughout the entire year. That way, when the category review happens, there's numbers there that support keeping your product on shelf, you know, luckily at new seasons in the local space, all of the category managers check in with me um, to make sure, you know, if we want to offboard a brand or bring something else in, we found that that um, alignment with category reviews and resets really brings financial success to both the local brands and to new seasons market because we are a for-profit business. You are a for-profit business. We all want to be in this to make money and, and feel good at the same time, which is amazing. But yeah. ideally, if it's not selling, then it has to, you know, we have to come up with a plan. So... And I'm sure uh, for your job and the other, um, you know, grocery manager's job, that that part is hard because I know that you love your people and your vendors yes. and the people yes. that bring things in. And sometimes if things are not selling, I'm sure it's hard to tell someone that, or if somebody really wants to bring you their product and you might love them, but you might know that maybe their packaging isn't going to sell or, or, um, you know, you think something needs to change. Are those difficult conversations for you to have with people? They are definitely difficult for me yeah. because I'm such a empath and I want to just have every single local item in the store. But yeah. I also understand the 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 competition at the shelf, you know. So if you are a small 
jam maker, you go into this very conventional set and you have to compete on price, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people who buy nut butters and jams are shopping value, you know, and like specialty jams might do better in cheese, Mm -hmm. you know, in the charcuterie space or whatever, but their space is so limited and tiny and they already have products there. So it's just really hard to navigate, you know, you know, conventional, conventional brands and specialty brands, and then a small local maker that has maybe two or three items. I mean, there's a lot of successes in there. I mean, Rose City Pepperheads has done great. Kelly's Jelly's done great. Mount Hope, you know, I mean, they've just, but they're very um, aggressive in how they promote their products, you know, and how they partner with us and how they put their products on sale and how they always check in and they're always reaching out and saying, is there anything we need to do? What are we going to do for the holidays this year? Can we get to the counters? And so those brands I'm very receptive to and want to support and help because they're taking ownership of that sales piece. Because Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the cloudy area in the local space. Like it is not my job or new seasons market job to sell the product. It's really the maker's job to make sure that it's getting in the basket. Yeah. Mostly with getting your recipe to market, you know, the PCC 12 week class, which we love. And we just Mm -hmm. had a presentation from all of these really lovely, wonderful products, but I was thinking it should be really called get your recipe in the customer's basket, not just to the market. Yeah. I mean, I think in the big picture of things, I think getting your recipe to market, like actually making the product is probably the easy part. (laughs) That's what I I feel like everything is exciting and you're stoked and you have this thing and you created all your hopes and dreams. And then, um, and then you have to sell it. And then even in the very beginning, selling is also kind of easy because then you have to keep selling it forever. Like I've had to keep selling my product for 12 years. (laughs) And you've been in the farmer's market faithfully every week weekend selling your product you know it's just and because of that that's like a sort of an alternative marketing strategy that you have because of your presence there and you driving traffic to new seasons or market of choice or you know really telling people the other places they can buy it you have velocity you know and you're a brand that you don't really opt into promotional pricing or tprs as we call it but you still have a good turn of your products because of your presence at the market I'm sure you would love to take a vacation from the markets, but it's so important for your business 12 years in that you're there selling your product. It's it's so important. And it is, I mean, I would say it's just as important for me to have those direct sales there at market. Like if I work my booth, I definitely make over, you know, like double of what if who I whoever I hire, even if they're the best person in the world, which I right. have hired really wonderful people. It still is just me talking to people about what I do, how I do it, how I make things, you know, who I who I buy from, where they can find it. And I also think that piece of driving sales to stores really comes from me being at the market, telling people where they can get it, um, telling people what else to get while they're there, who else they can find, even just like having this show where I'm talking about other products and my own product and the local community, all of those things help, I think, customers to be drawn to me and the people that I am around. And I think that um, that is unique. I don't think everyone does do that or can do that. And I it, it does also mean, yeah, I don't take days off. I'm always at the farmer's market. I'm always working. Um but that's the that's what I needed to do. I do take vacations though, but it's just when the farmers market is not open. <laughs> right. And I think that's something that start needs to understand that that commitment over time it's not like you're going to create a a product and a brand and then you get to go kick it in Mexico and drink margaritas all weekend. You know, like that doesn't really happen. It's still hustle, it's still grind and you're still mm-hmm. out there, you know, sampling and you know, people are trying it and then I think what you've been really successful at is creating a loyal customer. And I think that's what's key is that people connect to you and your story and you're still making the product yourself, right? You're not using a co-packer. So all of that quality control is still in place and you're still there and people want to support that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just, you know, you have this emotional connection to your brand, which has been really, really amazing. Yeah, I think it's been key for me. And I would say maybe it won't work for everybody, but um, but that's you know, that's what we have tried to do and it and it has, you know, 
worked because I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the opposite side in the, you know, in the hot sauce space, cause yours is really lovely and um, special specialty in my mind, but you have, you know, secret aardvark, mm-hmm. which um, defies all rules of the world because it's a very successful selling brand. Yeah. It's, you know, not doesn't really say what it is with secret aardvark. People know that it's a hot sauce, you know, but it just, even the branding doesn't really speak to customers, but I just, we can't keep that stuff on the shelf. I mean, it's one of our best-selling hot sauces and they've done such a good job, you know, yeah. in um, continuing to be a top seller. So, yeah. Well, and we have a lot of sauce makers that come on the show and, you know, I run the Pacific Northwest sauce makers group. There's like 40 of us, um, yeah. which is huge. And um, can we just talk hot sauce a little bit? Because I think that's a big category for people. Yeah. And um, so what's, what's the hot sauce shelf like at new seasons and what are you guys looking for? What are you not looking for? Cause I think people want to know there's lots of new hot sauce businesses or people just starting out. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Yeah, it's not, it's a pretty big category. We have a lot of flexibility with it with local brands because there's a lot of local makers. Um, it's going through a category review right now. In fact, it just was at the office and we were looking at some other sauces to bring in. Um, you know, there's still, I mean, you know, Secret Aardvark, you, um, Hob, you know, there's just a lot of brands out there that have a loyal customer. Mm -hmm. for sure. But what's really um, disrupting the category is the trough hot sauce, which is strange to me because, I mean, it is a $16 bottle of hot sauce with truffles in it, and we are just selling it like crazy. Mm -hmm. So um, people are really, I mean, it's delicious. I've tried it. I didn't want to like it, but I loved it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I think that really um, that can be credited to Oprah because I think yes. that she clung on to that hot sauce and was like, this is my favorite. It is the best. She puts it in her like holiday campaign every year, yeah. you know, and it really made it so that that company could skyrocket and do like big yes. manufacturing. They are all over the place, all of that stuff. But I also think the nice thing about that, about a, a sauce like Truff Sauce and is that the price point is really high. And for a long time for me, um, you know, our sauce was kind of the highest price point that right. there was of hot sauce. And um and that was a hard place to be in because um, you know, I do think I think value is important and I, I also think affordability is important and I love all of those things. You know, I um I understand it, but it was tough for me to be at the highest price price point. But then Truff Sauce came. <laughs> Their stuff was more expensive. So it wasn't at the top of the category, which was actually better for me. Um, Just so that it was, you know, I wasn't always the most expensive sauce. And and I think that people kind of need to look at that. I didn't really know what to do because I couldn't, before they were around, I couldn't really lower my prices. But I think I sold less sauce. um, But now they're the most expensive. So I'm right where I want to (laughs) be. Right. Exactly. That's a great position for sure. Um, Well, do you think that the hot sauce category is oversaturated? Do you think that um, people should still be living their hot sauce dreams? And, and if they want to start a hot sauce business, they should, still should? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I just don't know if grocery is the right place for them to sell their product. You know, yeah. um, the grocery shelf is saturated. But yes, live your dream, make your hot sauce do your thing. But luckily in Oregon, we have this really robust farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And you can really go into the farmer's market without, you know making a huge investment in packaging and bottles and see what the customer response is, see what the customer feedback is, and then make any adjustments. Or if you feel like this is great, customers are really having a positive response, then let's, you know, talk that's kind of, you know, with more niche brands and things, that's kind of the advice that we're giving right now. It's like, just test the market, you know, because, you know, like to supply 19 stores of a product with packaging and bottles and distribution. I mean, that's a significant investment for something that's not, it's still in trial. So like that's where the farmer's market can really be key. Um, We did that with um, Norish 
uh, Bone Broth. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. But it's such a phenomenal product. And Dee Dee went to Get Your Recipe to Market and she produces in Kitchen Crew and has done everything right. But it's, uh, you know, it's a $16 quart of bone broth, you know, so it's expensive. Yeah. But it's, you know, got the beautiful gel. Gelatinous texture mm-hmm. to it, you know. You can just feel your body responding to it. It's such a great product, and so it took us about two years to get her in, and now she's in nine stores, and we got her into the soup set, which is where it needed to be—the ready-to-eat soups—and it's doing very well. But she spent a year at farmers market seeing what the um, tolerance was for the price point, and yeah. really building up a customer. And I mean, it's even not even necessarily like soup season, but I think bone broth people want to drink year round too. So yeah, I think so too. And I I saw her around a lot at like she yes. even did the night market and yep. like you know all kinds of things. So I do think that that's that's super important for sure to um you know to get out there and see. And I also think you brought up a good point about um you know, if you're going to be in a a store that has, you know, many locations like New Seasons does, um, you know, I started out at first just doing a few stores because I just couldn't possibly make that many products. You know, it was just me and I didn't have that much staff or I didn't have any staff at that time. So I think I started out with the, um, maybe it was like the top five stores or something like that. And it was a good way to just see what that was going to look like and what that was going to be like. And if I could pull it off, you know, if I could deliver yeah. to all the stores or if I needed help. Um, so I think uh, I think you guys do that pretty regularly, right? Like let people go into a few stores at first. They don't have to do all all the stores at right. once. Yeah. And, yeah. we, you know, it's based on um, square footage, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's some stores like definitely the suburban stores have what we call 12 foot sets. So they'll have like mm-hmm. bigger um shelves for hot sauce so we can pretty much put you know more items in those stores but is that the right customer you know is that like you know are people in the suburbs going to respond to your brand more so than the city stores who know you from the urban farmers markets that you're Mm -hmm. part of you know it's like you know it's kind of well we used to you know back before the times you know we'd pretty much bring everybody in and put them in a couple of stores but i've really kind of streamlined that a little bit more like you need to do like six, 12 or 18 stores. That's kind of the model. Like, you you know, being in one or two stores doesn't really help anybody to be perfectly honest. You know, yeah. it's, it's fun, you know, because you can say you're at new seasons, but it doesn't really make you any money. It creates a lot of complexity on our side of the business. So I think in order to really enter the ecosystem of new seasons market, being six stores, 12 stores, and ideally launching in 19 is great because then you get social media support. You can do ad spaces. You know, it's just too confusing to our customers if we promote a brand that's only in a few stores because they go to seek it out and then it's not there and it just creates, you know. Well, that's the thing I was going to say happened right away is that I would yeah. tell people, oh, that's so exciting. I'm in New Seasons. Go check it out. And then because we were only in, I think it was six. I think that must have been what I started with. Um, then people would be like, you're not in my store. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to be in your store. Let's do it. And so then yes. just went into all of them because it was like, it was confusing for people because I'd be like, oh no, we're at this one, but not this one. And you know, people don't get it. They're like, they they want to go to their neighborhood store and find your product. If you're telling them it's there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to talk about, because I don't know if you had the title of culinary events program manager before. Um, when we had you on the show, but you mentioned some of the events that you do, but I wanted to talk to people about what grocery events look like and what kinds of things that um, you're organizing and putting on. I know pre-pandemic, that meant that I would see you at Feast cooking. Right. And right. now, um, you know, the saddest day of days, we don't have that so event sad. anymore. <laughs> Such a bummer. So, I know. I love that part. I mean, you know, event planning is my love language and being part of Feast was like, such a career high for me you know Mm -hmm. it was just this like amazing food event and being able to collaborate with different makers and figure out ways to show up at the event and then of course it was like so fun because I had like the floral department I had wine department you know like everything I needed was part of new seasons to the event so yeah unfortunately that is no longer but man how great is Mike Thielen? I just want to give him a shout out because that was such a huge undertaking the, and yeah. a beautiful, beautiful event that was. And I was the so best. honored to be a part of it. So Me too. Yeah. So when that, you know, sunsetted, then uh, I took on the role of the, you know, sampling in the stores too, because that 
is not happening for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that it's back, I'm working in that space, which I really love because that's where I came from. That's where I started at New Seasons was at the Slaptown store as a promotions manager. So mm-hmm. it feels full circle and you know, local vendors are welcome to come in and sample. We do. We've kind of done a slow roll into entry into that space, but we have a lot of uh, vendors in there sampling and it's not open to national brands. It's just open to our local people at no charge. And you can Mm -hmm. sample in the aisle or sometimes even at the counter, if it makes sense with what's happening there. And then we had the, um, Unipiper was at our Concordia store in Slaptown store. They've done a collaborative beer with Gigantic Brewing, a Unipiper IPA. So another career highlight because I'm obsessed with the Unipiper. <laughs> <laughs> and he literally came and was riding around in his kilt on his unicycle, blowing fire out of his bagpipes. And, you know, it's I just love like, it. I love yeah, it. And it, it. There's a benefit for his organization, which is, uh, support for keeping Portland weird and a, uh, with a artist impact somehow. I can't remember exactly what it is, but yeah, he was there in Concordia and what a, what a great guy. What a gigantic, such a cool company. And to do that, it was fun. So slowly we're bringing back these events. We've got some taste of Fridays at the um, progress Ridge store. And I'm just organizing to see kind of bring the lightness back into the grocery space, the way we, used to you know it was always kind of weird stuff happening at new seasons and just create that great customer experience you know and just really show up for our customers in a way that's different supports our local brands our partner brands and you know just some fun for our staff too it's been a very very heavy time for grocery workers so Mm -hmm. yeah i i know well and you you just invited me to be part of one of those. Yes, you know, our and, hot sauce throwdown. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be there. You know, I, of course, I'm any anytime you ask me to do something, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> which I think, <laughs> which I think is, um, you know, important. It's important for me to support the events you're doing just as much as you know, because you're like supporting my business. So anytime that any any grocery or um, you know store manager or somebody that is selling my product asks me to do something, if I can make it happen, I definitely am there to make it happen, you know, so I'm excited to be part of that and excited to be part of events again, because that's the thing that I love. Like I love to interact with customers. That's like why I do this, you know, so that I can interact with people in this fun, positive way. But since we haven't really been doing that, even just like to be in the grocery store, like I wanted to talk when we were talking about demos or these events, sometimes you go to these things as a vendor and no, maybe customers aren't feeling you. They don't want to come over to you where you're at. Um, It's maybe not very busy or they don't understand what they're supposed to do. So they just walk by you and don't make eye contact. All those things happens when you go in to do a store demo. But what always happens is that the people that work at the store will come right over to you and be like, oh, I I haven't tried this flavor or I like this sauce or whatever. So, you know, what I always tell my husband before I'm leaving to do some kind of demo like that is like, well, at least I'll meet some of the employees that work here. They'll get stoked on my product and then they'll tell customers about it. And they do. And so I think for vendors, maybe just keep that in mind because sometimes it is hard to have people not want to come try your product or not want to come talk to you, but the employees will always. Always. Yes. Our employees are your customers too. You know, they are your best, sometimes your best advocates for your brand once they get buy-in. And I just, once as a brand, a local brand, if you get buy-in from the new seasons market staff, you are golden. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so fun sometimes when I'm buying something at the cash register and the cashier doesn't know who I am necessarily. And they start getting excited about something. And I'm like, oh, I brought that in. That's so exciting. (laughs) Well, that's the next thing I wanted to talk about is I want to know what products you're excited about that are in new seasons right now. Last time we saw you, you got to bring them in and I got to taste them with Sarah and we were so stoked. And I'm I'm bummed we can't do that, but you're just going to have to tell me about all these great things. Yeah, well, the, you know, the Norish bone broth is one of my favorite things that we, well, I mean, everything's my favorite. I don't want to be too um, discerning, but that's just such an interesting product because it's used from food that wouldn't normally be thrown away. Different parts of the chicken that are not used in cooking. And she's figured out a way to repurpose food waste, which Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this before is, you know, 
Yeah, that's my passion, thing. I love it. Both of us, you know, it's like, it's so great. And then, um, as you know, from Good Foods in New York, the Schmallow, the spray marshmallow product is like getting a lot of hype in our stores right now from our staff and from our customers too. So my my daughter just took that to her Girl Scout camp out and it was oh, very popular. <laughs> I mean, what a cool idea that is. We have a, I think it's Sarah Ranko Station so our grocery manager is building a display with that and the new Dolly Parton Duncan Hines cake mixes. <laughs> I didn't know about those. So hot oh tip. Duncan Hines has a brownie mix and a coconut cake mix with Dolly on the face of the box. So um, yeah, it's very, uh, we're very excited about that too. And then um, in addition to the local products, we just actually did it. We do a monthly new item review. Um, where I meet with the category managers and we assess all the new local items. So I just actually had one this afternoon and there's a interesting brand called Swell Gourmet Dog Treats and it's a dog gelato, um, which is frozen. Yeah, fun. Which, um, on the 4th, she gave me samples, the owner, and I shared them with my neighborhood dogs on the 4th of July and <laughs> the dogs loved them. It was so cute. So um well, Portland is such a dog city. Yeah, you know? um, yeah. I think sometimes like when, you know, I just was visiting my brother in New York and, um, you know, it's not like that. Some people have dogs, but it's harder to have dogs in, in New York. But Portland, like people love their dogs. They want to bring them everywhere. They want to give them special treats. You know, now they we didn't used to ha let people have dogs at the farmer's market. Now they can. So I get to see like how much people love to treat their dogs good. So I think yes. that's a good Portland product to have. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen, you know, in our partnership with Portland Pet Foods too, just like significant yearly growth because of all of the dog owners now and it's such a, a great story and a great company you know again kate the owner was solving a need because her dog couldn't eat regular dog food so she made her own and then i mean her story is just it's so incredible and she talks about the trials and tribulations of growing your brand but now it's a national brand i mean it's really it's yeah we we had her on the show in the very beginning and um, uh -huh. you know that was when we were back in studio and sarah actually ate some of the dog treats because she was like you can <laughs> you can eat them they're healthy for humans and she was just like pop <laughs> <laughs> And then, and I'm very excited about our partnership with um, Bold Reuse. I don't know if you're aware of, it used to be the Go Box where um, they were solving for reusable containers and cutting down on waste. But now they have a retail reuse program that we're piloting where we have um, five brands, um, Ground Up, Cybehos, the Sambal Sauces, Hot Mama Salsa, Salvi Shrubs, and Mickleberry Gardens honey, where you can purchase their products at New Seasons, use them, and then bring the containers back, the glass jars back, and put them in a like a bin outside of New Seasons. And then the Bold Reuse program picks them up and sanitizes them and then returns them to the makers so they can reuse the glass. So That's so awesome. Especially when there was the glass shortage and the cost mm -hmm. of glass was going up. It just seemed like a, a good solution. So we're just piloting it. The pilot will end at the end of this year, I believe. And then we'll see if that's, you know, if it's a viable program. So, yeah, I think that's a really great thing. You know, I um, take bottles back at the farmer's market and it's, yes, and yeah. especially during the pandemic, it was like people, I just would say every time I sold a bottle of hot sauce to someone, please finish it and bring me the bottle back so I can make more sauce. Yes, and so, yes. and they did, and people got really used to it to understand like how important that is because it was so hard to get anything. So I think that's a really nice program that you guys have started. I hope you keep it. I tried to get in on it, but they were like, we, we have to wait. This is just a pilot, but we'll hopefully do it again. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, what's interesting, which we didn't really think about, there's a like a the products that we that are participating probably live in people's cabinets and refrigerators for six months. It's not, and it's a I think just a year long pilot. So there's not a whole lot of return happening at this point. I think mm -hmm. the Salvi Shrubs probably has the highest usage rate. So um yeah. 
just takes some time. It takes time for people to catch on. I think for the first year that I did bottle return at the market, this was pre-pandemic. I think for the first year, sometimes I would get maybe a bottle every other week back. And now every farmer's market I do, I probably get at least 10 bottles back, which is wow. pretty great. Um, yeah. But it, it took it really takes me telling every single person, which is, you know, more difficult for a grocery store to do, like to tell, to tell every person that buys that product, but maybe, you know, but I, I do think that it just takes a little time for people to get used to it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see, we have a few minutes. So I have a couple things I don't want to not talk about. One thing is that we're really trying to send people to local restaurants to support our restaurant friends because they still need our help and support. So do you have any favorite restaurants right now in the city that we can tell people about? Okay, I have two obsessions. Mm -hmm. One is um, Grits and Gravy. I've never been. Never been. Oh my gosh. It is not for the faint of heart or anybody counting farms. <laughs> it is a full on Southern breakfast. It's downtown on Southwest 6th Avenue. It is a black owned business and it is just incredible. They're doing such a good job. It's in the old little bird space. Um, I know right I, where that I, is. <laughs> I, went there, I went there yesterday and um, I just couldn't believe how delicious it was. And then... Um, Oh my gosh, the, I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's near the New Seasons Slab Town. It's the vegetable-centric restaurant. Um, let me look it up. It's across from B-Saws. Why am I... Is it G-Love? G-Love, sorry, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. Yes, I love that the vegetables are center plate and the meat are the sides, and it's not easy to get into. And I've just watched them from startup to this like success that they're at right now. It's, you know. Yeah, we. I love their salads yeah. so much. We we ate there a bunch when um, when people were, you know, we had actually never been in the restaurant. We had been there quite mm-hmm. a few times because they were just seating outside for quite some time after, you know, when they had opened. Um, but of course now we have, you know, now they're now inside and outside is open yes. as well. But I, yeah, I love it there. That's such a great spot. And um, they are regular farmer's market chef shoppers. So yeah, you can tell, fun. you can taste it in their food. Yeah. Yeah. I also really love the um, um, feel good, the bowls by the um um the guy that owns um Houston stocked and then mama bird um mm-hmm. i don't know if you've had a chance he has a sh- uh, shop over on belmont and now he's just opened in northwest too like just this like really healthy delicious bowl it's so good yeah um, super fun well those are great great finds and i haven't been to two of them so yeah. i'm gonna benefit from this just like all yes. the listeners <laughs> check out grits and gravy it is just like it is dialed in it was so good fun so. well and i also know that you know when we talked to you before you know i'm sure people will go listen to your past episode but you have a, a long culinary background and i know you like to cook so what are your favorite things that you're cooking right now Oh, I just, you know, there's like these, these recipes in the New York time where ingredients overlap, um, and they give you three recipes, and then they'll make a Venn diagram of the recipes and where they use the same ingredients in them. So the one I'm doing this week, it's a a lentil salad with roasted cauliflower and halloumi cheese, and then you make a cilantro lime dressing and you put it on top of it. But then you use the herbs and the limes in this marinated tofu for your next meal. And then your last meal is a pasta with lemons and zucchini. And it's just like you they give you the shopping list. And it's just this like really lovely, easy, inexpensive way to cook. Because you're not yeah. buying. Sometimes when you see a recipe, you have to go buy all the ingredients. And it's just like. That sounds. Yeah. Yes, sounds so thoughtful. good. Yeah. And and like my style of doing things. Like I I love to cook um, you know, beans from the farmers market, all different beans, but I'll cook a bunch of, at once, but then I'll try to use them in like three different recipes throughout the week. And um 
I, I'll have to check out that. I haven't looked at that um, New York New York Times um, series, but I'll have to check it out. Um, I was going to say too. Uh, you mentioned halloumi cheese, and I got this amazing cheese from New Seasons, and it was recommended by somebody at the cheese counter, and it was like. Um, I don't think it's halloumi, but it looks like it. It's like a rectangle cheese and it, yeah. it's like pizza cheese almost. It yes, has like yes, sun-dried tomatoes and stuff in it. Yes. So somebody recommended that to me at when I was in the shop and I got it and I love it. Now I'm obsessed with it. You just like, I heat it up on a pizza piece of parchment paper. I'll put it on anything, bread. I And then when it gets cold, I'll like chop it up and put it into salads. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, I actually had some of that, which is why this interest, this recipe piqued my interest. Then it linked to these other two recipes, and I had done one of our other um, three recipe um, crossover ingredient thing in the winter time, and it just it was the first time I like grilled the cheese with the cauliflower or roasted the cheese with the cauliflower, and it really held up next to the cauliflower. It was so yeah. interesting, and then I tossed it with the lentils, and it was like. So good. Yeah. If yeah. anyone who's listening, if you are a cheese lover, go get that it's cheese. It's called <laughs> a grilling. There's the grilling cheese. It's also called bread cheese. They're from Wisconsin and um, it's similar to halloumi. It's so great. You got to try it for sure. <laughs> yeah, it does great on the grill too. If you have uh, somebody who's trying to, doesn't want to eat meat, having the grilled cheese out there is really fun. Well, Lori, anything else you want to plug or say before we wrap things up today? Now, I just want to let the listeners know and that I'm available if anyone has any questions. So please reach out to me directly or you can go to our newseasonsmarket.com and look at local finds and there's the local finds email. I manage that. Um, and you can always apply to be a vendor on our vendor portal. I look at that all the time and um, I might be slow getting back to you, but I will do my best to respond to you. So Perfect. And yeah. we always like to ask our guests what they need from their community right now. So what do you need from all of us? Um, just to keep making delicious products and come into the stores and demo your products and tag us on social media and let's, you know, let's all make some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great, Lori. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back on. I always love chatting with you, of course, and I'm sure I'll see you very soon. And yes. I love talking with you always, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. This is such a great program. And hi to Sarah Masoni yeah. out in Wyoming. You all are such an integral part of our community and we all appreciate you. Oh, thank you. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay, we record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can DM us at our Instagram, Missoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week, everybody. Thanks for joining. Bye. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.